As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All parents want to make memories with their kids, but we need a way to do it so we don't forget because we're all so busy and we're all so distracted. And traditions mm -hmm. are a way of just helping us remember what matters and helping us implement what matters. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, today we have a guest on the show who I think is very Cultivating the Lovely-esque. She actually reminds me a lot of my good friends who helped inspire this podcast because she's got a lot of loveliness going on, and her book, I think, is something that will resonate with a lot of you. It's Jessica Smart from the brand new book, Memory Making Mom. She's got all sorts of ideas for great traditions that you can start or continue with your family without going over the top with it, not getting it into an overwhelming place. And I think she's got some really great wisdom to share on today's episode. I also wanted to mention that a lot of you who follow me on social media have been so kind to be reaching out to me because you know that I got very sick last week and it put a little bit of a kink in a lot of things that I was working on. So I just wanted to let you all know that I am almost all the way recovered, still have a little bit of rest to my voice, but it's it's going away and it literally felt like a miracle because I was able to get the jobs done that I really needed to get done and I just really felt like all of your guys' prayers made so much of a difference. It felt like a miracle when I was able to wake up at the end of last week and have enough of a voice to do the work that I need to do. So thank you so much to all of you who prayed for me and were thinking of us. It has been a very difficult time lately. The ladies who are in Patreon know a little bit more about what has been happening so if you are curious and you want more of the behind the scenes information, then you can go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely to get involved there with us, where of course we have weekly posts and our what Ingrid and Fiona like episodes and all kinds of different things in there that hopefully you will also be able to resonate with, including a book club right now of 20 lessons from Madam Chic, written by Jennifer L. Scott, who was on the show last week. All right, ladies, I think that's it though for now. I'm not going to strain my voice any more than I I absolutely have to. So let's get on with today's episode with Jessica Smart. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you here because you have a new book coming out that I think will really resonate with a lot of our listeners because I think a lot of the things that you hit on in the book are things that we've kind of talked about over the years with Cultivating the Lovely and the importance of those. So to kind of have it all condensed down into this little gem, I think people are going to really enjoy. So I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is such a fun topic. The more it's like, I'm not getting sick of talking about it because yeah. the more you speak with people, everybody has a story. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And everybody has different ideas. If people don't know what we're talking about, I probably should have just said her new book yeah. is Memory Making Mom. And we're going to talk about it more in a second. But would you mind introducing yourself for people who don't know who you are? 
Sure. I'm Jessica Smart. I have three kids married to my husband, Todd. We live in North Carolina, which I usually say sunny North Carolina. But as you and I were just discussing before we recorded, it has been raining for two straight weeks and we're all really done with it. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I homeschool my kids. They're nine, seven and four. And other than the book and homeschooling them, I don't really do much else because that's about (laughs) it. Well, and a book and a book launch can take up a good amount of your time. So that's I'm learning. Yeah. Plus doing all the memory making <laughs> that you talk about well, in that's your book. The thing. Yeah. You don't want to be a hypocrite. So I can't yeah. be like, kids, go away. I have to write about moms making memories with yeah. kids. <laughs> you actually have to do it. Well, okay. that's fun. So I think that one thing that my listeners really enjoy hearing about is kind of how a book even came to be. Like you said, you're a homeschooling mom. Like that's where a lot of your attention is, you know, focused. So how did a book come into the picture? Well, it was kind of two factors combining that sort of met. So um, I have had a blog for a long time and a fellow blogger introduced me to her agent and we would just kind of talk together. I had all these what I thought were brilliant ideas to write for books (laughs) and he would be like, oh, that's a good one. Put that one in the basket. And I would think like, oh, the basket, that's super exciting. But it really meant like the trash basket. That's not a good (laughs) idea at all. (laughs) So we would just talk and talk. And the one thing he kind of kept pointing me back to was just a positive spin like he's like moms I knew I wanted to write a mom motherhood and he's like moms know how hard things are we're all we've heard about the dirty diapers and the sticky floors and like we understand that we need to take a positive spin and so we just kept kind of looking for that topic well at the same time um, a couple years ago um, my son had had a very serious allergic reaction he has some food allergies Mm. and um, was hospitalized and was really scary there for a moment and so just kind of like some of those really testing experiences can do it was like a wake-up call for my husband and I of like okay we're six years into this parenting thing and like are we really spending time with what matters and I kind of was like no we're not you know and um So it sort of dawned on me that what we needed were more traditions in our home, more fun, more meaning, more intentionality. And I just am so passionate about traditions because I think it's the missing link. Like all parents want to write, I mean, want to make memories with their kids, but we need a way to do it so we don't forget because we're all so busy and we're all so distracted. And traditions Mm -hmm. are a way of just helping us remember what matters and helping us implement what matters. So when my agent and I um, discussed that idea, it was like, oh, hello, you know, this is obviously it. And it's kind of interesting that there really hasn't been a book exactly like this written. You know, I, a couple years ago, like I remember Googling book about traditions, family traditions, and there just wasn't exactly this. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun that um, I was able to write it. And of course, when you're done, you're like, oh, I should have talked about this, this and this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's I think it's good. So (laughs) yeah. So how long did it take you to write the book? And like you said, you know, you couldn't just write and not do the memory making. So how did you make it happen to actually do the writing of the book? Well, you may or may not know, but you know, the, or your readers may or may not know, but there's a long process between when you write the proposal and then when you actually get a contract, it takes forever. It's so frustrating. So there was a lot of months in there that I was kind of brainstorming (laughs) how I write a book is I will just dive into the topic and read a lot of other books that are related. So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time like taking note cards, like I was a, um, you know, junior in high school writing a research paper, (laughs) my husband would laugh, but I have this huge stack. So I did a lot of that for a couple months. And then when I went under contract, um, I think I had about nine months. So I kind of set it out, um, in the proposal you have, you've already written two chapters or Mm -hmm. most, most of the time for nonfiction. So I had two done. (laughs) So that's good. Then I just made myself a little chart and I would say in the month of October, I'm going to write chapters one and two. And in, you know, November, this and this. And um, so I kind of had a little schedule and then, um, you know, it is hard because I homeschool and I'm Mm -hmm. home with my kids and I'm trying to make memories. And I don't think I did it perfectly, but um, I would just go to Panera on on Saturdays whenever I could and 
just, um, you know, I had to be really focused. I don't, have you ever interviewed Trisha Goyer Mackenzie? Oh, yes. (laughs) We're good friends. Yeah. Okay. So I heard her say one time, and it may have been with you, um, that she had to be really focused because she does, I mean, she has like a bazillion kids and has written (laughs) a bazillion books. And so she was like, I just have to like, when it's my writing time, I have to be focused. Yeah. And I took that advice and just, when I go in there, it's like, okay, I have to concentrate. No distractions. This is you. If you don't write this chapter right now, it's not going to get written. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then, yeah, I mean, I don't think I always did it perfectly there. You know, there were times that we could have been doing stuff as a family during that time, but I don't know. I just tried to be really intentional and that's where I was grateful that I homeschooled because at least I did have that time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just just had to be really scheduled with when we did make memories together, like, you know, putting it on the calendar and guarding that time and really trying to be present and not be on our phones and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I think that's, no, I love it. That's what podcasts are for. (laughs) They're for long answers. So (laughs) that's great. Um, But I love that because it, I think it brings a sense of reality to the book too. And I like that you started off the book kind of with a disclaimer, like what you have here, you're not expecting anyone to do all of this. It's more like suggestions. It's kind of like a guidebook. I love the way that you have it set up into the separate chapters for kind of different themes of different types of traditions. And then you have an appendix at the end with kind of a bunch of the traditions all broken down so people can find what really works for them and their family. I think that's a really important part of this book to not overwhelm people. I I totally agree. And I tell the story in the, um, there's a little letter I think that you're referring Mm -hmm. to, like before you start the book. And that actually was not um, in the book originally. So kind of fun story. The first round of edits, I, fun (laughs) for a nerd, (laughs) for an author. (laughs) Um, The first round of edits didn't have that. And my editor came back and was like, you know, this is awesome, but it's overwhelming at times. Like you're going to need to come alongside the moms and say, this is overwhelming. You can do this. And so I was like, whoa. And at the same time I had spoken at, um, the becoming conference, which is a conference in North Carolina. And I did my little talk. I was so proud of myself, you know, given all the examples and these two moms came up afterwards and were like, with different stories we're basically mm-hmm. like we're so overwhelmed and almost in tears both of them and I, that's the moment where I was like okay this is not good like yeah. you, ha- you think you have the answers here but you're actually intimidating people and the truth is you know I don't do it perfectly at all I'm super uncomfortable when people are like oh you're the memory making mom because I'm like no like I, I know the answer, but I struggle a lot to implement yeah. it. I know what is the answer, but it's hard. And I, you know, so just coming alongside people and saying, first of all, cause we do need great ideas, but we all have Pinterest. So, you yeah. know, the ideas are not what we're lacking in. What we really need is somebody to say, listen, this is worth it. It is super hard when you're exhausted and you're just getting over being sick and your kids are bouncing off the walls and to try to say, okay, let's all play a board game. Like that is super hard, but it is worth it. And you'll look back and you'll remember that. And, you know, I have those times where I will just not play the board game and some yeah. that I do, but, um, it, the bottom line is it is worthwhile investing in, in families and, you know, letting our families know that we love them and choosing to say, we're going to, you know, remember our faith. We're going to remember what Christmas is about. We're going to remember, you know, whatever the thing mm-hmm. is that it's so worth it. And another part of it, if I can just keep on going, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I feel like every family will have a, a thing that's hard. Mm-hmm. Like our hard thing is, is food allergies. Yeah. And there's many times that I will, cause you would just, I mean, people just don't realize how much food is involved in traditions, like every tradition. Yeah, yeah. And so that's stressful for me. And there's so many times that I will just have to step away in the bathroom. That's always where I go. I'll just like take a deep breath and be like, God, you know, I'm super nervous and this is really scary, but you have to show up. And so all of our events are a little bit tinged with this anxiety. um, And that's our thing. But other people have other things, you know, other challenges. That is just part of life. And I feel like 
you know, I feel like it's a spiritual thing. Like, I feel like Satan just wants us to be like, you can't do this and this is hard and, you know, you're different from everyone else. But the truth is everyone has something, whether it's mm-hmm. finances are really hard or someone has a chronic illness or, you know, whatever it you're is. You're going through a divorce and living with family. <laughs> like, yeah, there that's, you go. That's been that, exactly. that big thing. And I, I totally agree with what you're saying about like there is something tradition to traditions because there's a certain magic involved. Like I remember we celebrated Christmas the same way every year for my entire childhood until I was 13. And then one family went one direction and our family went another direction and it was different. And all of a sudden Christmas lost its magic. It just wasn't the same anymore, you know? And so I, it's something that I've thought about so much through this process of like, okay, we've been in survival mode for a year and a half and we're still going to have to be in survival mode for a little bit longer. But what can I do even now to be building that family culture, which I think a lot of times is off traditions? And I don't know. I mean, I, I think that a lot of what you say in your book are kind of like big picture traditions but I think then you hit le- hit on like weekly traditions and those kinds of things as well right I'm not oh yeah totally yeah. yeah but I there's and a I've, lot of little ones yeah yeah I've talked about that on the podcast before like we have things that just make us a family like every night when we drive from my parents house to my grandma's house like we listen to the same playlist of songs and like Aww. the little things like that that it's like okay we can't control a lot of what's going on, but we can have these little things that still make us who we are. And Absolutely. I think that's a lot of what tradition is. Ladies, for a lot of beauty brands, luxury means something to splurge on, an indulgence. But when I experienced the performance and innovation of Hourglass Cosmetics, you guys have probably heard me talk about it on social media, it was easy to see that for them, luxury means so much more. I mean, their packaging, as I have mentioned before, is beautiful. There's just really something about using a cosmetic that comes in a beautiful package. It feels elite. But I also love that their formulas are cruelty-free and incredibly innovative. For instance, their Mineral Veil Primer. I love that they use minerals to block out the sun, and whatever they put into this primer, not only does it look beautiful in the bottle, but it feels like velvet on my skin. I absolutely love it. And then there's Hourglass's Caution Extreme Lash Mascara, which is groundbreaking. I'm obsessed with their long-lasting formula that never smudges. In fact, my mom has been using it too, and she absolutely loves it. I'm officially committed to Kasha Mascara. Its advanced formula is completely vegan and never flakes, even after wearing it all day. The tapered brush delivers endless length, intense volume and lift, and it helps me get to those hard to reach areas like in the corner of the lower lash line. The first time I tried Kasha Mascara, I knew that it was in a league all its own. It really gives my eyes that punch that I want them to have. Caution Mascara is a game changer, so it's no wonder that Allure magazine called Caution a lash lift in a tube. It embodies everything I love about the Hourglass brand, a 100% cruelty-free vegan formula that really works, all wrapped up in beautiful, innovative packaging. So you can discover Hourglass like I did and experience unparalleled next-generation performance by visiting hourglasscosmetics.com lovely and use the promo code lovely to get free shipping with your purchase of a full-size Kasha mascara. That's hourglasscosmetics.com lovely, promo code lovely. There's so much in what you just said. I mean, for one thing, you touched on how it doesn't have to be something big. Like there are big traditions that require buying of a lot of ingredients and washing a lot of dishes and everyone and all this patience. But like so many times it's just these little things like my dad would always get at the end of our bed and make our stuffed animals burp before he went, you know, (laughs) said our prayers. And like, I always remembered that, you know, it was this silly little ritual Um, And I think we can ask our kids, like, what are silly things that you love about our family? What are things that we do? What are you always going to remember about Christmas or your birthday? And like so many of them are these little things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a matter of keeping it up. Yeah. Um, But yeah. um, Yeah. And I like that you talk about the importance of beauty. Like you have a whole chapter on that. And I feel like you would be really good friends with my friend Katie Duckett, who has been on the show many times. And when I was starting my other podcast, The Same Page, which is, I I don't know if you're familiar with it, but we do um, 
like kind of like a morning time memory work podcast every week. And then also four days a week, we release another section <laughs> from a classic children's novel. So we've done um, oh. The Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan and, and different things like that. And so it's just really short little chunks. So you can listen to them in like five to 10 minutes. And the whole, I, I had the bones of like, okay, this is what this looks like that people can listen to it, you know, at the breakfast table or on their way to school or whatever it is that their family looks like. But my friend Katie came alongside me and was like, but what about the beauty part of it? And like, this is Mm. not only do we have the opportunity to show our kids, you know, Shakespeare and poetry and all these things that you have on the show, but we can also call people to fostering the atmosphere that can go along with it that makes it even more impactful. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're mirroring a story. I don't know if you read in that chapter. Um, well, I saw another homeschooling moms video on Instagram. Yes. Which it's usually that. is like a horrible thing to do as a mom. I mean, it's like this fine line because we want inspiration from other moms. But I at the time was like, okay, I'm the worst homeschooling parent ever. Like that she was doing all of this stuff. And um But it was a good thing ultimately because I realized that they had so much beauty and warmth and light in their morning time that we did not have. And I prayed about it and thought about it over the summer and we made some changes. And now our morning time really is like this cozy. I mean, you know, it still doesn't look like hers, but that's okay. We're not all the same. Exactly. I think that's the important thing because I had to even come to grips because my friend Katie is like, she could have made that video. Like Mm -hmm. there is snacks and there are, there are candles and there's the teapot she bought for, you know, poetry tea time. And there's, you know, all Mm -hmm. of those things. It's beautiful. And she's so good at that. And I think that she elevates me. I feel like she makes me consider like, oh, what more could I do? But then she also has the grace on me to be like, but do what works for your family. Like your your beauty may not look the same as my beauty. And that was a really big freeing thing for me in the past year to realize like, oh, I have my own style that I don't have to make it look like my best friend's style. I can do my style and it can still be beautiful, but in our own way. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's where the grace comes in the making of the beauty and the atmosphere. Yes, I agree. And I have always found that God is so gracious and he helps us sift through that. And so um, he wants to give us wisdom. And so, you you know, I've just said like, and I did say with this girl's video, yeah, please help me understand. I will never be her. I am not her. Yeah. But help me understand what changes I can make that you're leading me to make. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he really did answer that prayer. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it, I think, you know, a lot of your chapters are, are blessedly short, which I think yes. for busy moms is like a big key. Like, oh, I can get through this. You know, I can sneak this into the bathroom and, and read this section. <laughs> there you go. Truth. Yes. But I found that your chapter on beauty seemed to be a little bit longer, which I loved because it was like, yes, we need to value this. Like, it's just like how huga has really taken off in the last few years you know and it's been kind of i think i always say that wrong but yes (laughs) yeah i think most people do i actually i probably am not even saying it correctly right now but i had someone who listens to the podcast from denmark actually like voice message me and be like this is how you say this yeah oh (laughs) well she would know yes um but it's it's a longer chapter on beauty and i think that so often we let beauty be the first thing that kind of falls by the wayside. Yeah. And, and we, yeah, yeah we, I did a word count of all with, this was one of the stages of editing and they did come back and say, you realize this is like two times as long as some of the other chapters, <laughs> but we went over it and we were like, there's not really a lot we can cut. Yeah. It's all kind of important. <laughs> well, and I think that is good because, because it is so much that thing that we let go first right? and to show in your book, like, beauty matters as much as food or as much as you know all these other things like it it's important and God created beauty like we I think so much of the time we poo poo it or you know but we don't right remember that he created sunsets and mountains and you know all these flowers and you know everything mm-hmm. that he he appreciates beauty and and he wants us to appreciate it too 
Yes. And somebody I was talking with recently was just commenting on the healing power of beauty Mm. for, I guess, not so much a literal, but it's just emotionally um, what it does to us. And so I think, you know, as if you know anybody going through a rough time, (laughs) you know, I think reminding ourselves to take that time because we are, especially as moms, so productivity focused and Mm -hmm. that's just not something that we're going to prioritize, but it can bring so much goodness to our families just to, well, well, let's, what's the heck? Let's just lay down on the grass and watch the clouds for 30 seconds. Yeah. Is that going to kill us? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, like what is usually the first thing that people just kind of instinctively go to when somebody's sick or somebody has a new baby or whatever, even if it's not a practical gift in any way, it's flowers. Because they're beautiful mm-hmm. and there's something about that. And I know yes. that I feel like the whole feeling of my home changes when I take that little bit of effort to spend $5 at Trader Joe's on yes. a bunch of flowers and put them on the table. Like for some reason, it just something that small truly changes the atmosphere of the room. Yes, absolutely. You're right. So you list a lot of different memories, memory making opportunities in your book. But what's your favorite? Oh, gosh, that's like a favorite kid. (laughs) (laughs) And what's so funny, um, you know, as I said earlier, every time I talk with someone, they will share a tradition and I will think, how have I not done that? That is the best idea. So I might share one that's not even in the book, if that's allowed. Yeah. Um, Because someone recently told me about this and I thought, what a fun idea. She said their family's tradition was to have a holiday remembering God's answered prayers to their family. Oh, nice. And I thought, oh my goodness, like we celebrate all these other, some of them kind of random holidays yeah. <laughs> in the year. Um, so they had picked like, I don't know what it was, the first Sunday in May or something like that. And they make a cake. Um, and she said that she actually was a single mom. Her children were older um, mm-hmm. now, but she said so many of their answered prayers had involved cars. Like the Lord... Um, providing a car or protecting them in a car accident or things like that. And so they would make this cake and put little matchbox cars on it and discuss, I think it was even more elaborate system. Like they had things written on stones or something, you know, that I was yeah. like, Oh wow, you really have it together. But they, they would have this way of recalling God's faithfulness to their family. And I thought, what a wonderful holiday. Yeah. And I wanted to copy that. Yeah. And when you think about even its biblical ramifications, like so much through the Old Testament, they would build an altar of rocks just to say this spot needs to be remembered because God did this thing for us here. Exactly. And it actually makes me think of my parents' neighborhood. It's a little bit newer, up and coming, like downtown neighborhood with condos and different things. And they all over the neighborhood there are these like people have piled up rocks in interesting ways and like mm-hmm. balanced them just perfect and every time i see those especially when the snow finally melts <laughs> i can see mm. them again but it reminds me of those altars that people would build in the wilderness like let's like make a mark here that god was faithful and how important especially i think if you're going through something difficult i know i've been thinking about that a lot lately like I I have trouble seeing the light at the end of the tunnel right now. It seems like it's a train <laughs> oncoming, yeah. you know? And so it's like, I have to intentionally pause and say, okay, but what, what have you done so far? Because yes. if I can't remember those things, I may not think that you're going to get me through the rest of the way. Absolutely. And that's so biblical. Just like you said, you know, we've lost it in our like post- Old Testament culture, but like you said, in the Old Testament, God constantly had them making, you know, doing these ceremonies and these rituals and piling up altars and saving, you know, little relics of things because they would forget. And we read their stories and we're like, how do you not understand that God's going to take care of you? He just like filled in the Red Sea on top of you. But we're the same. We're so the same. And so I think trust is so much an act of remembering all the good things that the Lord has done. Um, And when you read them over and write them down and tell yourself over and over again, you, you are like, okay, Lord, 
you'll take care of me. You, this is who you are. And you know, yeah. Ladies, I know there are a lot of you out there who listen to this show who are like me, small business owners, and you know the importance of feeling professional, polished, and prepared when it counts, which is usually right in the moment you don't expect it. For small business owners or people who produce their own podcasts like me, being plugged in and prepared when an opportunity comes up is crucial. I know this is especially important for my voiceover work. Those moments happen all the time. They're happening right now. And having a business card that shows how professional you are in your pocket, ready to hand out, is the first step to making something happen. That next big opportunity could be coming any second, and all it takes to feel like you're ready to own the now is $10. That's a low price to have the confidence that you're always ready to make an impression or get seen in a new way. A custom card with the colors, fonts, design, and images you choose means you can feel and look like a big deal, whether you're a startup or a business with a century of history. And it doesn't have to be hard. With Vistaprint, you can create a truly professional, unique card in minutes. Upload your own design or start with one of their professionally designed options. Vistaprint offers simple tools and a wide range of templates to choose from. Pick the paper stock, style, and quantity that's right for you and choose your delivery speed, order, and receive your cards in as few as three days. Vistaprint uses carefully selected inks and responsibly sourced paper stocks. Dozens of designs that are just right for your business. You can add your logo and contact information with just a few clicks and know you can use it on all your other marketing going forward. Your satisfaction is 100% guaranteed or they'll make it right, either by reprinting your order or offering a refund. Vistaprint wants you to be able to own the now in any situation, which is why my listeners will get 500 high-quality custom business cards starting at $9.99. Use code LOVELY at vistaprint.com. That's code LOVELY at vistaprint.com. LOVELY at vistaprint.com. And it's sometimes you have to kind of delve because I think it can become so easy to forget. We can become like those Egyptians, like you were saying, you know, painting. I love that um, Nicole, Nor- I think it's a Nicole Nordman song where she says, I've been painting pictures of Egypt, leaving out what it lacks. And it's like, we forget like what God brought us out of and like, oh, do we want to just be back there because it seems easier and forget yes. what he's already done for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Another part I really like that you have and that you say is so important is the key of relationships. Like you can do a lot of these things, but if they're not grounded in relationship or for the purpose of building relationship, then it's not as impactful. Yeah. Well, I think I quote, have you read, I don't know how to say her last name, Rachel Jankovic, the Loving the Little Years book? I feel like I have, I saw you quote that and I was like, man, that feels really familiar, (laughs) but it's such a wonderful, wonderful little book. And it's also mercifully short chapters that you could read in any order, but she has one in there on, it's called see your children. I mean, you would just have to read it to get how powerful it is. But when I read the chapter, I was so convicted because I felt like I'd never really taken the time and this is embarrassing as a mom that I haven't, but to really like put myself in the shoes of some of my kids and think, what is life actually like for them? Yeah. And um, when you do that, it can be really powerful to see maybe things that you're falling behind in or things you you're that they're needing that you're not necessarily providing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I talk about how like the family can't just be this machine that is running and people feel like they're irrelevant. You know, you're carting them from this event to this event. And even if it's all like really good things, um, we don't want our kids to just think that they don't individually matter. So I did a chapter on traditions just one-on-one. And this is the thing that it has been hard to implement because it feels like an extra thing. Um, But it has been so powerful for our kids. They talk about these days and look forward to these days and fight over those days. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we just, we don't want to give up. And so there's so many traditions that you can do along those, you know, whether it's a big, like my friend takes when their kids turn 10, they get an overnight trip with mom kind of thing. Yeah. Or it could just be a rotating. Some families do like a date with mom every, you know, 
Monday. You just rotate through the names. Um, some people do in your birthday month, you get a special date. Um, I think the important thing is to can come up with a way, a system, even if it is yeah. only once a year. Um, you'd be surprised how important those things and significant they are. And yeah. they'll be memories that they'll look back on. Yeah. So I think especially yeah. when you have numerous kids, it can be yes. easy to, for one to kind of almost slip through the cracks, even when you don't think they are. I know recently with my six-year-old, it's been, we've been realizing like, okay, the boys, they stay up a little bit later. So they stay up with me and we get time to talk and whatnot then. And then our little sister still isn't going to school. So she's with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) she was like, well, what about me? Like, I'm the only one who isn't spending as much time with you because she goes to bed at the same time as her little sister. She's just, you know, not getting that as much one-on-one time with me and I had a journal that somebody had given to me and I hadn't done anything with it yet and she's you know she really is in that stage where she's loving to be learning how to write and everything I was like what if this is just our journal and this is the way that you and I can connect something special that only you and I are doing and so even though I'm not getting copious amounts of time with her it's this little way that we can connect that she feels like is special and it's just for the two of us and it's been so fun to see just how much she is blossomed with that and how much it makes her feel valued and it was just like this one little thing but it's making such a difference and I love that because that's a what you've done is you've come with an come up with an innovative solution that works for you because in this stage in your life you know it's just not going to happen to spend an hour a week with her yeah but you've come up with a way to still honor that and meet that need in a way that works for both of you so I love that I'm gonna thank you I have a child that I think would really like that too yeah and it's just like this is something I realize at such a young age like we could keep this up for years and maybe she'll say things in that journal that she wouldn't want to say to my face you know like yeah we can hope... help can't we <laughs> yeah I know I know so it's like I hope that this can be something that can feel like a safe place for her through all the transitions that we're going through and everything so I so I have that. high hopes for it yeah yeah <laughs> well I just really love all the fun ideas and the heartfelt ideas I think it's a a really valuable resource for moms to have just I mean even if they don't read it from cover to cover to have it is almost like this encyclopedia of memory making ideas yeah exactly that it sits on your shelf and if you get a whim to say I want a birthday tradition or what should we do this Easter that yeah they would um they would access those so you're Yes. Good. Good. I'm glad because I think it is a very valuable book and I can't wait for people to get it in their hands because I think it follows along with so many of the things that we talk about with Cultivating the Lovely. I mean, last year was all about, you know, we we worked our way through our homes, but then we also worked our way in self-care and different things. But so many of the things you talked about in your book really came out in that process, I felt like, with our Patreon community last year of of making things matter. And so mm. I think that my community, at least, I think is really going to enjoy this book. So way to oh, go. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I think you did a good job. Thanks. So what does a typical day look like for you right now? Well, um, I get up later than I should. <laughs> <laughs> And I just have become more of a night owl, I think, in my adult years. Or maybe neither. I'm not either. I'm just need more sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I, because we do homeschool, we can have a little bit more of a leisurely morning. But I'll typically get up um, probably around between 7 or 7.30 and we make breakfast. And then um, I eat my breakfast in somewhat peace and quiet while they sort of make their beds. <laughs> and then... Um, we will start school around nine and we do a little bit of a morning time. I do make a um, little like tea, quote unquote. It's more of like a piece of an orange and some cinnamon, <laughs> but it works for them. And we'll do a little bit of tea while we do our morning time. And then until about uh, 12, we'll do 
you know, just focus time in homeschool. And I have a block on my phone, which blocks off all of the fun stuff so that <laughs> I am 100% there. Yeah. Um, and then at 12 o'clock, we're all done with each other and we need a little bit of recess. So I will usually eat a first lunch, first of two lunches <laughs> about that time. And then they'll play outside and then I read to them while they eat and they do have a snack in between there. So they're, they're yeah. not so hungry. And then in the afternoons, there's kind of independent work. Um, I'll sometimes work on household stuff and my daughter will sort of nap. She's four. So mm-hmm. rest or nap or yell down to me for yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and the boys yeah. will do finish their schoolwork. And then we, I just let them play. You know, I let yeah. them be kids in the afternoon and we live in a wonderful neighborhood where there's always a lot of kids around. And so when it's nice weather, we just kind of go outside and do the neighborhood thing. And then I will make dinner. Um, my husband will usually not join us for dinner, except we did make a weekly dinner. This is in the book. Once a week, we have a family dinner because he works late hours. And mm. I got really frustrated. And then finally, we just thought, well, at least we can do one night. So yeah. Thursday night, we all do a dinner together. But usually, I'm kind of the Lone Ranger until about 7. Mm. And then he'll hang with the kids. And um, there's so much to do at the end of the evening. By the time we have done all the chores and the dishes and clean yeah. up the house we're like ready to go to bed so we we will watch we always are going through a show on Netflix yeah and um, <laughs> then the day ends so and starts again <laughs> yeah well that sounds good I mean it's it's funny because it's been a while since I've had somebody who could say like I have a predictable day everyone's always like oh my gosh there's so much crazy and some days it's this and some days it's that so it's kind of refreshing to hear again from just a homeschool mom who has like a regular life that's funny well there is a lot of craziness but <laughs> yes yeah but but there is some predictability to it I feel like I've had yeah. this string of guests that's like there's no predictability so so it's kind of fun to hear that again it reminds me of my old life <laughs> Actually. Oh, you'll get there again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I loved what you said about your four-year-old because I just came across this meme on Instagram the other day and I sent it to a bunch of my friends and it says, she believed she could and she almost did, but then someone asked her repeatedly for a snack and she lost track of what she was doing. <laughs> I saw that and I posted it on my yes. Facebook. Like, this is my life. Yes. You I was just all the time. Up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Somebody's constantly interrupting you. So that's so funny. Okay, so what is something you are currently doing to cultivate loveliness in your life? Okay, so I'm just not a good lovely cultivator. That is not you my wrote story. a book on <laughs> cultivating loveliness, well, but it's hard for me. So it's one of those like here I am, I'm in the trenches with you. you yeah, it's not. It doesn't come naturally. So maybe that makes the book even better. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so I do tend to be more just like get things done. Um, But one thing that I have just loved that I started doing probably three years ago, I actually had a moment, um, I heard a woman speak at a conference and I came up to her afterwards in tears talking about how um, I was sharing my anxiety struggles and just how I was so overcome with worry and fear. And she, the first thing she said is, do you have a prayer triad? And I was like, what? No, I don't. And she said, you need to find two women that you know that you can go to that have your back. And so I am faithful and obedient. And I was like, I will do this. So I called a girl from church and then another girl. um, We just kind of and then invited her and we meet every two weeks. um, And it is such a gift. It is the most precious time, um, you know, just to, we really try to focus on each other. It's not like a normal girl hangout. Like we really try to keep it like, we're not going to gossip. We're not going to, um, <laughs> not yeah. that I do that, yeah. but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This is a sacred time where we're going to lift up each other and where th- these are my people I can go to. So that's not the exact, like, I don't know if that's so lovely, but for me, no, it has yeah. a lot of richness and peace to my life to know I can go here and it's not like I didn't have friends before but it's awkward sometimes to try to like randomly call someone and say I'm really worried right now that I have cancer can you please like (laughs) whatever yeah yeah no I love that I think that's really good I feel like um well 
Sally Clarkson's new book, Girls Club, I feel like kind of hits on the importance of having those kind of women in your life that you can rely on. And I feel like God has really poured those types of women into my life over the last year and a half there. And they were friendships I had before, but has made them deeper and people that you can go to for that. And it makes such a difference. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, I had to like do that awkward, like reaching out step and say, do you want to do this? And we do, you know, the first person said no. And, you know, it's like, but it's worth it. And right now I love that it means as much to them as it does to me. It's a gift to all of us. They were wanting it too. Yeah. So just an encouragement for moms to take the first step if they don't have something like that. Yeah. No, I think that that is really, really good. Okay, and now I'm supposed to say something that I'm doing to cultivate loveliness in my life. All right. And I I knew this question was coming. I should have been prepared for it. Yeah. But this week has been like a big week of survival because I got so sick. And of course, it was right when I had a whole bunch of voiceover jobs that I had to get done. I don't know if you know that, but I'm a voice actor. And so, yeah. And so I panicked because the first couple of days, my nose was just completely stuffed up. And then the next couple of days, my voice left the building. And I was like, no, oh. I have to get this work done. And so I guess this is my lovely thing that I just started drinking a ton of water and taking ridiculous amounts of vitamin C and some other like vitamins and supplements and different things. And miraculously, on Thursday, the day that I was just going to drive myself to urgent care and be like, what kind of shot can you give me <laughs> to just get my voice back? Like, shoot me up with steroids or something. And that morning, <laughs> it it came back. And I was able to get my jobs done. And it just felt like a miracle. Like, I literally yeah, think does. it was. So, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Vitamin C and Jesus saved me this week. And that, that is, is probably amazing. my lovely. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready for my stock questions? Sure. All right. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Essential oils. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. Yeah. They're stained and gross, but I need new ones. (laughs) But are they ironed? Because you have a chapter title. Oh, gosh. No, on special occasions. Okay. (laughs) That was one of the things I was going to ask you is like, are they they ironed every day? I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) Only on special occasions. No, that makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Okay. City or country? Oh, that's so hard. I know. Because I love Panera and Starbucks and Target. But I like... I, I mean, can, a suburb. That's what I want. Okay. I want suburb. <laughs> All right. Paper or digital? Paper. Okay. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Right now, online. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? I would say at four o'clock, I've had enough of people talking to me. So I listen to music. <laughs> See, and it's funny because by four o'clock or whatever time I'm making dinner, I have had enough of little people talking to me. And so I want to hear adult voices. So, yeah. yeah. So what kind of music do you listen to? Um, I listen to, do you know who Andrew Peterson is? Yeah. Okay. So I listen to the Pandora Andrew Peterson and I recommend that. All right. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. All right. Sports or no sports? Um, sports, but I'm really out of shape right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got one on me because I wouldn't touch a ball with a 10 foot pole. (laughs) I think we're like running. Okay. Okay. Well, that works. I don't do that either. (laughs) (laughs) Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. All right. What is your favorite movie? It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) Oh, that's a sweet one. I don't think anybody else has ever said that. Good answer. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair. Oh, that's funny. Where are you on the spectrum? I would say I'm like a six because I do like to have clean, you know, I use the oils, I wash, you know, try to eat clean, but every once in a while, like I will go to Taco Bell and get like a tostada if I'm really like, (laughs) so all the crunchy people are like rolling over Uh, (laughs) and horrified. I love it. 
that I think that's a great answer. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jessica. It was really fun to talk about memories, and I hope your book does really well. We'll We're going to be airing this before the book comes out, so people need to go pre-order. They can find it on Amazon, I'm sure, and all those good places, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So go pre-order the book. It comes out on March 5th. You guys are going to want to have this in your arsenal of mothering books to go to for ideas and we will have all the links in the show notes for this episode so thank you so much for coming on thank you this has been so fun yeah it was really great have a good day you too all right ladies if you would like to run out and pre-order jessica's book then you can head to our show notes at boldturquoise.com slash 105 and you can find the links to be able to get it from amazon and it should be delivered to your doorstep the day that it comes out if you have it pre-ordered. So be sure to head over there. And remember also that anything you buy through our links in our show notes or anywhere else that we post an Amazon link, we get credit for it even if you don't buy the thing that we are linking to. So if you want to send a little extra love, the Cultivating the Lovely Way, I would so greatly appreciate that just from whatever you happen to already be buying on Amazon. So thank you to those of you who do that. I regularly get messages from you guys saying, hey, I made sure to go through your link when I bought such and such and I so appreciate it. So thank you. Also, to those of you who are leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes, it makes such a difference. It helps to keep us in a high ranking within iTunes. And actually, it also helps for iTunes to suggest the podcast to other people. So you're doing a huge thing, even though it feels very small, just by leaving that rating and review. And I so appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet, just head over to iTunes or your podcast app, leave a really quick little rating and review, and it will make a big difference for us. So thank you so much. That's it for this week's show, ladies. I really appreciate all the time that you allow me into your home and your life. It is not lost on me how valuable that is. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next week, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.